Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. And today I, I did my homework on uh, the next guest that I have. I have Stephen Pope. Uh, he is from the My Amazon Guy marketing agency. And I did my homework because he puts out some amazing content. And we're going to steal a little bit of his expertise on today and actually talk, talk about a topic that I've never brought on the show. So actually, I'm very glad uh, to introduce Stephen. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Scott. It's a pleasure to talk to your audience. Yes. So, uh, Steven's been in the Amazon space and I can tell that he has really uh, put his head down and to really understand what's going on underneath the hood as he has worked with uh, hundreds of different companies to uh, help them uh, accelerate their products. He, I think in our first uh, conversation, he said, is like, you know what? Uh, this SEO thing is the real deal. We have the uh, top wine glass on Amazon. So um, what's the secret, Stephen? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pay me lots of money. We'll make it happen. Yeah, that's the secret. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, when it comes to search engine optimization, I like to break it down into kind of like a three-phase approach. And I'll give you the high level on this. Yeah. Um, your, your, your first phase, it's all about indexing. And when you try and show up on Amazon, when you build a new product, you're, you're at zero words index. And within 90 days, you really want to be above that 1,000 keyword index rating. If you do that, you get a bunch of earned media. So phase one is all about general best practices. Make sure you, know, you, you, you follow all the best graces. We'll go into some detail today, I suspect, on what that looks like. Phase two, it's all about incremental indexing. So it's like taking what you did in phase one and just building upon it. And you throw out some of the rules out of phase one. And then phase three, uh, we've, we've called it the, actually phase two, a funny thing is, uh, we call it the pink word update, which is kind of like the Dennis Rodman of SEO, as we learned, uh, and people calling it. So uh, you remove any of the words out of your title and put them in, uh, put in some new incremental keywords into your phase two. Phase three is all about strike zone. So these are keywords that are ranked 20 through 50, and you're trying to position them rank through one through 20. And as proof that I know what I'm talking about, um, we have taken my best-selling wine glass. Uh, and as, as a time of shooting this, we're in slot organic slot number three. Last week, we were slot one. So we fell down two slots. Nonetheless, that's a, obviously a big, huge term. And it's my social distancing wine glass. You can find it uh, on amazon.com. So that product indexes for more than 6,000 keywords, which is very high in the home, uh, home goods category. Oh, that's awesome. So um, I, uh, there's, there's so much to, to piece apart. And I, I actually listened to um, a whole other show that Stephen did with uh, Ad Badger, who has actually been on this podcast as well. Um, and we're not going to be able to go in as much detail. So if you are looking to, if, if you like what you hear, I'd check that out next. And then we're also going to be sharing along with this is, uh, you know, a downloadable framework that, that you guys can work from. But um, there's so much to understand. But you also, when we were talking and exploring like some ideas to cover, you, you talked about like managing uh, catalogs. So um, what kind of, um, and, to, and to not get ourselves too distracted, but um when you're working with like, you know, a catalog of ASINs, say one or a hundred, um, 
what's an approach that uh, you know you, you think would is is helpful for you guys to to really uh, keep on top of things? When I think about growing sales at Amazon, I like to break everything down into two categories and then break those two categories into two subcategories. So when you grow sales on Amazon, it's all about traffic generation and conversion improvements. On traffic, you've got your PPC and SEO, and that's all about bringing eyeballs to your listings. On the conversion side, you've got managing product data, merchandising, managing the catalog, and a lot of data problems that that come up when you're selling on Amazon. I also rope in design like A-plus content into the conversion element, though of the three areas, it probably has the strongest tie-in to SEO, despite the fact that Amazon claims they don't index your A-plus content. They're lying. They do. And I know this because we've put Spanish behind one alt text of one photo, then put Spanish anywhere else, and it indexes. So whatever Amazon ever says, my recommendation to you is always test it because you never know what the policy is versus the reality of the situation. So when it comes to catalog management, which is kind of the heart of your question, right? Uh, Today, you have to be way more sophisticated to increase your sales and prevent sales losses on Amazon than you've ever had to be before. The number of account suspensions, the number of listing yanks, that's the official term, uh, is a yank uh, from Amazon, is at an all-time high. Whether it's pesticide issues, which has been a huge topic since January, um, we actually released the key to the pesticides test on our YouTube channel. Just Google pesticides, my Amazon guy, if you're struggling with that. No, I don't have a solution for Canadians trying to sell uh, items in the United States. You cannot pass the test without U.S. citizenship. If anybody has an answer to that one, I want to hear from you. Um, but, but the reason we did that is because the policies, um, which make sense to a bureaucrat, make absolutely no business sense. And I know this because of the 160 clients that we have at my Amazon guy, you know, we've had to pass the pesticides test for more than half of them. Not a single one of my clients sells pesticides. Not one. So I had to pass a pesticides test for a guy that sells tweezers. I had to pass it for uh, somebody who sells bed sheets, right? Like it, there's, it doesn't make any sense, right? So when it comes to operating the catalog, you have to deal with both reactionary things like I just mentioned where you got removals and prevention of sales, but you also have to action proactive things too. And that's where you're putting in best practices like um, building out parentages, which there's a ton of parentage theory we could talk about. Uh, whether you A-B test your titles. Did you know you can A-B test your titles? If this is news to you on today's podcast, you are behind. You're behind the curve now. Uh, A-B testing titles came out a few months ago. A-B testing A-plus content has been out about a year now, I think. And uh, a lot of people are A-B testing their A-plus content as well. So no matter what you're doing in the catalog world, uh, what I would say to you is it's not set it and forget it. You need to continuously iterate and optimize over time. Because what worked for you to get you to $500,000 is not going to work for you to get to $5 million. Yep. Wow. I really like how you, you, know, you divide uh, the different activities. You know, you got your traffic related things versus your conversion. And um, I have kind of done similar things in my mindset. One of my early podcasts, I talked about, you know, make uh, discoverability and then uh, talked about, uh, you know, click through and then conversion and um, very uh, close to like what you're just describing right there. And um, 
but there's one like back to SEO that is on the, on the, the increased traffic. And I have never like not once um, heard someone talk about it with the depth that you have. And uh, specifically like, just a very, you know, uh, methodical approach where, you know, you are inserting keywords just to index. And so there's some people that may hear the word index and don't know what that means, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, like, you know, it's a search engine. Amazon's a search engine, uh, just like Google. And yes, you get indexed to a word just means that like that search engine, like recognizes that this product is, um, uh, it is indexed. It is kind of like uh, one of many products that are indexed on a keyword. Here, here's your bright line. If you show up in the top 300 results of a keyword, you are indexed. Okay. Well, what about if you're 450? You're not. Nobody tracks that. Okay. And I mean, we know that the, the sales are going to happen in the first uh, two, three pages. Like you're really not going to find a lot of relevant things past that. So being in the top 150 is very uh, important. And so um, you're suggesting you want to be indexed for like, not just like a few hundred, but like a thousand words. How do you get up to that? So, so my articulation is, is that as you go through the phases of SEO, right? Like, and, and your product has a beginning, a middle and an end game, right? So as you go through these phases, your goal in each phase changes. So when you talk about discoverability, phase one is all about being discovered. And as you go to the end game, you're trying to convert on very specific keywords, right? So in phase one, it's all about spray and pray, index for as many keywords as you possibly can, because you don't know what word you're going to convert for the best. Nobody has that magic eight ball to figure that one out. So what you got to do is look at your you know, top four competitors, throw them into any tool of your choice, reverse ASIN search, search, if you will. There are many tools that do that. And then you can download those keywords, look at what everybody else is indexing for, use a secondary tool. Um, and and, and I, I like to use Helium 10's zombie tool, if you will, and pull them all together. And once you do that, you can see the following. It gives you a nice string of words that has uh, from top to bottom, the most impactful keywords, the most impressions, and it will remove any duplicate words. So if you wanted me to summarize kind of like phase one, right? You're going to have 249 characters without a single comma, without a single word duplicated, not even once, and without any prepositions. So don't use words like for and of and stuff like that. And, and in phase one, we generally recommend having like 25 to 50 of your characters designated to Spanish. And, and those will generally show up as important keywords for you because somebody else is not focused on Spanish. So if you focus on Spanish, you're going to have a huge edge. Mm -hmm. Misspellings is also another area that is also typically under tapped and should be done in phase one as well. So you can use a tool to figure out the most common high impression counts for misspellings and throw those in. So if somebody was to type in wine glass, you know, and maybe one of the top these, misspellings. Are we throwing these just into the search term uh, fields in the on uh, the detail As, page? To start, yes. Yeah, to start for phase one. Um, so once once you get the search term field right, then go to the other fields. Okay. Because if, if you haven't optimized the search term field to the best of your ability, then you're missing out on the easiest location that can be done in like an hour of effort without affecting your conversion rate, without keyword stuffing your title, 
without having to have a debate or fight with your partner on why you're putting a thousand words of copy into your product description, which you should do, by the way. Um, a lot of A plus contents are like all picture hungry and zero copy, and and they look great. They're designed very well. But I I, I took I took a uh, an intro call today with a very large brand, and they were indexed for 600 words, and they had zero words of copy. And I said, I will I will bet you my retainer that I can get you to 1,200 keywords, and all you have to let me do is put copy in your product description. And I I know I'm going to sign that client, right? But like. Like you, you have to put copy in your A plus content. People are missing the boat on that. Now, if you're in a category like supplements or safety and home, be a lot more careful on some of the changes you make. It's much harder to navigate those waters. But by and large, for those that are not in those kinds of categories, you should have like a thousand words of copy in your product description, a la A plus content. So wait, there's uh, two sections of description content. There's like I think uh, just a you know a product description, and then there's the um, the enhanced brand content. Um, is that is that tr- is that true? Like the, the, those are kind of separate. So so yes and no. This is a nuanced conversation. If you have Vendor Central or have ever loaded a product to Vendor Central, the two fields are indeed separate. But in Seller Central, the two fields are one and the same. Um, um, or once you put, publish your A plus content, it, it supersedes your your description field, and it does not show the description attribute. If I, your item has ever been loaded to Vendor Central, however, it will show the description field as well. Interesting. I've always thought. I mean, I've been selling for for years, but not in the private label space as long, where I've like really cared about, um, you know, every part of a product pages with with, with the detail that I have now, but. Um, I've maybe even suggested to my audience that like, I thought that the, you know, the enhanced brand content was secondary to getting your first images, right. And, and, and your bullet points and titles, uh, by the way, I would agree with you. Okay. But it still means that if what you're saying is true, that like, um, if, if you've got a product that you care about, it's future, don't sit on your hands. You should be doing these descriptions and not, and that you shouldn't just like rely on images to like say some of these words, but like you should actually be writing this out. You have to write it out because although each photo has a hundred words, hundred characters rather, uh, to index what's called alt text, um, you only have six modules to work with, right? So if you only put in six photos, that's only 600 characters. Now imagine you put in a thousand hard words of copy into your A plus content, which is an extreme amount for most brands, right? But not only can you put in um, six modules now about your products. And and by the way, my favorite module is the product comparison grid. You can, it's, it's like, it's like a pseudo light parentage, if you will, where you can show a good, better, best model of your product. Maybe you got a $20, $50 and $100 version, right? Maybe Maybe you have multiple versions of your item that suit different needs. Put this in your living room, this in your kitchen. You can explain all those reasons, right? But whatever it is, a product grid is my favorite module in A-plus content. And each one of those individual photos that you load into that product grid should also have dedicated, unique SEO copy in the alt text behind each individual photo. But in addition to that, chock full as much content as you can. You should have exact match keywords inside of your copy not only in your title, not only in your bullets, but also in your A-plus content. The A-plus content also allows you to do something you can't do anywhere else, and that is have density. You can repeat certain words a few times. Now, don't keyword stuff it to the point where it looks like keyword stuffing, 
but absolutely work that copy as much as you can. And, okay. and because I'm telling you go index for two or 3000 keywords, you got lots of words to choose from. Right. Between these different locations, you know, your title, bullet points, and uh, description, everyone's got an idea of like what they think their top uh, search terms should be. Would you suggest these top, you know, search terms, th- those are repeated in those different locations? They should be. So as we progress through the phases, right? So once you get to phase three, throw out every rule you've been working on in phase one and two. So your beginning and your middle game was about indexing and showing up on the chessboard. But in phase three, it's about promoting that pawn to a queen. And you don't care if you have to lose a rook along the way. You don't care if you have to trade a rook for a bishop, but you absolutely need to focus on that one pawn promoting to a queen. And it's and it's valuable because if you pick those three or five keywords in your strike zone that are in current ranks 20 through 50, and you get them into rank one through five, you will see tremendous sales increases, which is why you can throw out the indexing phases And you shouldn't really progress into phase three until you have at least 50 words in the strike zone, ranks 20 through 50. But once you've got 50 words in the strike zone, you pick three or four of those and then redo your title bullets and copy hyper-focused to those words. That's very helpful. Um, Let's back up to a thousand words. So that's a lot. I generally, when I've done this myself, which isn't like a ton, I've probably done, uh, you know, search terms uh, 30, 40 times, but I usually run out after, uh, (laughs) after like 15, 20 words. I'm like, this is all I can think of that actually describes this product. This is where a good copywriter will come in, come and play, um, or a good SEO technician. But I'm telling you, if you, if you download your competitor's product data, it will write itself. It becomes that obvious. Yep. There are so many words, right? So like if you're in a gift category, there are so many words for the word gift, present, uh, and, and, and like anniversary and events and holidays, right? Like yeah. write that copy in. It's important. Yeah. You also have another module called the brand story. Most people aren't using this right now. That's another opportunity to put a module onto all of your um, your listings that tells your brand story, which again, should be chock full of SEO copy. So I'm afraid that I may look uh, appear as not knowing, but when you're talking about these different modules, what are these? Is this um, A plus content modules? So the one I'm referencing right now is an additional module on top of A plus content and can be loaded as the brand story module. And and it doesn't count against your current A plus content. It's an in addition section, um, which has an opportunity to add copy and add a story to your listings. Okay. So, you know, if, if you go into, if you go into a plus content right now, Scott, so like I, I'm in my account right now, um, you can put your cursor under advertising a plus content manager. If you have the ability to build a brand story, you will immediately see the module on the right hand side. And it says, tell your brand story across all the products in your brand. So if you create that brand story, it's, it's essentially the same thing as a plus content, but a dedicated module where you can add additional things. And this is a new feature, like spanking new. So if you if it's new to you, don't be surprised. Like I'm an you know I like to claim to be an Amazon expert. I learn something new every single day. Yep, I do too. And uh, this podcast is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, if your Amazon business is struggling with cash flow and sometimes you just need cash now, well, I'm partnering up with Payability. They are currently funding Amazon businesses with capital advances of up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars and accelerated daily payouts. 
There are no credit checks, no complicated paperwork. Simply connect your Amazon account and the other channels you sell on and get an offer within 24 hours. With over 3.5 billion of growth capital deployed, Payability remains the largest and most established e-commerce funding solution. Get an exclusive $250 sign-on bonus when you sign up at go.payability.com slash seller. We'll have a link in the show notes. So in my business, we have had a, you know cash crunches. I would say about once a year we're like, we're like, hey, we're forecasting something not so great and we just need a little bit of like our advance because like sometimes two weeks can be a long time to wait when you have people to pay because that's how those relationships <laughs> smooth over great. So thank you to Payability. And if you want to get $250 straight up, just sign up with them and see your options. Thanks. I've told my audience many times, like if I just did this podcast just for myself, you know, just like, you know, to, to, to me with like really smart people and learn, like it, it, it would be worth it by itself. But on top of that, the audience, uh, they give me a lot of value and uh, really stoke the conversation as well. Um, there is so much to learn and you go on with, with the ad badger people about 90 to minutes to two hours specifically on SEO. And I think this second conversation where I'm talking to you and being able to ask, I I'm getting a, a, a bigger picture on this. And this is actually like something that is very important for people that there's some businesses on Amazon where their catalog is one to three SKUs. And they're seven-figure businesses. And um, we sometimes get distracted by the idea of like more SKUs means more, you know, like, but like, no, like if you really laser in uh, on the top products and you get those top five placements on these top search terms, like you said, the reward is just like, uh, it accelerates because shoppers on Amazon are trained uh, to trust Amazon, to trust those reviews, to trust um, the the badges that they give. Every time somebody talks about the Amazon's choice badge, they're like, hey, I want you to go get me some of those. And I'm like, oh, here we go. But like you, you can't control the Amazon's choice badge at all. It's, no. it's just, it's just Amazon's way of saying- it, When you achieve it, there is nothing that I don't know anything out there other than like putting your price to $2 that will increase your <laughs> conversion faster. You're correct. Lowering your price definitely helps conversion. But often, I've run a lot of price change tests, and I like I have like my price point between fourteen and fifteen dollars on wine glasses, and it doesn't matter time of year. There is zero difference between my fourteen and fifteen dollar conversion rates, and it yes, surprises me every time. I've said that so many times. It is not about that. It's really about like, are you in front of the people at the right time? You know. Um, and and here here's a fun fact. So that so my 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 personal wine glass brand is called Momster. Um, so if you want to look it up, it's mom like mother and stir like stir fry. And the the social distancing wine glass that I mentioned, um, I have a 40 minute video where I go into detail. I have a 42% conversion rate on that listing, 42%. And, and it's also ranked in that slot three for wine glass that I mentioned. This is not a beautiful listing. There is so many more things I could be doing on this listing to make it go to the next level. But because we've put in the right SEO and we've because we've advertise the right words, it's done hyper-effective. So it, 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 all the things that you can do, like, and you mentioned skew counts on your business and your portfolio, right? So like, 
I think that the fastest way to grow sales on Amazon is to add more products. I'll defend that, though I agree with you that a lot of businesses with three or four SKUs can be just as successful, if not more successful compared to many other products. It just kind of depends on your category and product offer. Right, right. right. I, I like big catalogs and that's what I work with. And that's, that's, that's your background, man. You, you, you yeah. produce, you've got some serious SKU counts to do yeah, what you're yeah, doing, Scott. It so it's respectful. At one time, Buyboxer had over 100,000 products in Amazon FBA. And nice. boy, am I glad that we chopped that in half. <laughs> And really time focus. to call the herd. Yeah. Yeah. And focus on ones that are more profitable. But even then I, I've actually done analysis of our business and it's really 10,000 SKUs are really making us money. Um, but it takes us that 50,000 to find the top 10,000. Isn't that an interesting ratio? So like yeah. whenever I tell people when you're launching products, I always say, don't just launch one, launch three, one will outright fail and you'll lose money on yep. the second you'll break even and the third will hopefully be the exceptional one that pays for the process. Yeah. But you're at a one to five ratio. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, these are all private label. These are uh, gotcha. uh, about, I mean, uh, to the same ratio again, but about uh, 10 to 20% of our catalog is where we are. We are working with brands and it is very like private label, like uh, where we are. But then a lot of it, we're just like reselling. Um then, um, but then uh, aside from that, we've, you know, uh, me and my brothers have actually at this point acquired three private label businesses because um, it's uh, Amazon starts to reward that there's a little bit higher gross margins. Um, and I, I'm not trying to like uh, compare them, but uh, you know, it's a diverse. What, what you're describing is the future of Amazon. Yeah. So um, I, I, I kind of dubbed, dubbed this like being an Amazon aggregator, right? So like, I think that, we're going to see a lot of Amazon aggregators like you go out and buy a bunch of brands, increase the sophistication level. There's a ton of massive capital entering the space right now, which is why EBITDA is going to go up like 40% this year. But that's that's exactly what people should be doing. If you're an unsophisticated seller and you've, you've done well, this is a perfect time for you to exit. You're going to get better bang for your buck. And if you're a sophisticated seller that has the infrastructure to run sophisticated plays and you've got massive infrastructure and, and connections and network and people, then buying businesses right now makes perfect sense. So it's kind of a win-win in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, like e-commerce is just like, it was already doing pretty good, but boy, did it have gas on the fire right now. Super. I think, I think we'll see two years of exceptional growth from here. <laughs> two years. Yeah. Very yeah. bullish on this question. And, you know, really hundreds of acquisitions. Um, there, There's a lot of activity right there. And so... Um, but a lot of people are still like, they may be, you know, a few years out from that. Um, and now is the time to really, you know, grow, uh, your businesses. Uh, we, we, one of them that we bought, we're like, well, we could flip this in at any moment, but we have to add value. And which actually brings me to a point, um, when I was talking with Steven, we're like, Hey, like what kind of, um, you know, I was talking about what he does and some of his service offerings. And then he told me about that. They help brands get brand registry. And I immediately like emailed the, uh, my team member. I was like, Hey, let's get this. Cause we're, we're, we were working like right now, uh, to get brand registry, um, for someone who, uh, hasn't done any work in that area. And Steven's company like offers a, actually a pretty competitive rate. 
And this is actually a chance to dive in. So we were looking at the IP accelerator program and that is, you know, the fastest way to get brand registry is I'm assuming like what you're offering is essentially the same or it is part of that program. So here's, here's the news update that most people don't, not everybody knows about this yet. Ever since uh, last week in December, the IPO accelerator is no longer required to file a pending trademark to obtain your brand registry. Since they took that requirement away, um, and by the way, I've got like three videos in the last week in December and first couple weeks in January where I kind of outlined every change. They kept changing the policy, right? Like you had to go to a different website to do it. And finally it's settled. So like right now what I'm talking about will be in place probably forever. And that is you just simply go to the regular brand registry process, put in your pending trademark number, and you can get brand registry in under 48 hours. So our service offering, and the reason why it's competitive is because we're not lawyers, we charge $775, which includes the USPTO filing fee. And we get you your trademark number in under 24 hours. You then wait four or five days for it to process through the USPTO, go to Amazon, file your brand registry. And about 98% of our clients right now are completing the brand registry process all in under seven days. Oh, that's awesome. And it's a phenomenal process because um, now you don't have to wait six months for your trademark to go live. Um, I get a lot of questions about this. If, if anybody listening to this has a question about the trademark brand registry policy, just, just shoot me an email podcast at myamazonguy.com. I am happy to answer any questions you might have. But, but the one I get most often is what happens if the, the USPTO rejects my mark? And well, you get six months of free A plus content and then they'll take that away at a later point. No, no further damage, no other problems. Uh, so even if you USPTO rejects your mark, you, you, you are going to pay for yourself just getting it in place. So you have no excuse to go file your trademark these days, whether you're a new brand that needs its first trademark or whether you're a sophisticated seller like Scott putting out your 17th trademark brand and whatever, uh, go get that extra trademark. It helps. You've made mention a few times about like videos that you're pushing out. Where do you uh, usually engage with? So YouTube is our cup of tea. Um, so youtube.com slash my Amazon guy. Okay. And we have over 600 videos. I give out all my trade secrets freely. There is literally nothing I hold back. Yeah. Uh, and my, my thought process behind this is you can come and learn from me and engage and build a community with me. It's, you know, yeah. Uh, for all the other agencies out there, it's not me against you. It's us against Amazon. So right. if you're an agency, you should be subscribed to my channel and oh, using my info oh. to help your own clients. No, no, no. You bring up a really good point because like I, I absorb a lot of Amazon content and, you know, every once in a while I'll steal an idea. But then every other time, like I'm like, duplicate no. duplicates the PC term, Scott. They'd be, like, be like, I don't want to do this myself. I just want to hire you to do it. But like now I know that's exactly that's the play. Yeah. And, so, they, so like the future, and now I know what you're doing for me and you actually appreciate the service. You're like, Oh, like, yeah, that was totally worth it. Uh, Nobody wants to do template work. That's why, that's why they hire us, right? Like building parentages is the hardest thing to do in a template these days. Why would you want to do all the error work when it would, you know, you could spend 10 hours learning parentage on your own, right. And, and doing Excel work, or you could, you could hire somebody, they do it in 15 minutes and then you spend 10 hours working on your next product launch. Yeah. What, what's a better use of your time? No, totally. So lots of videos on my Amazon guy on YouTube. That's, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to check some of those out. And, um, and if anyone listening, they find some really good ones, uh, send them my way. I've actually, I'm, I'm going to give you a compliment. I don't think I've brought anyone on the podcast that is actually so well versed on so many different subjects. You know, we've, we've covered probably five different ones and like, I'm, I'm learning a little bit on each one of them. And when some podcasts I've had, I'm struggling to get one 
<laughs> where like I feel like it's new to me you know um, I, I know that like every audience member is a different spot but like you know we've hit about five so this is awesome and, uh, and it, it's a blessing and a curse right so when when you run a full service agency you have to be sophisticated yeah. and technical in every single area um, and so like I run my own account we have 160 accounts that we access it's it's a non-stop grind and by the way there's no secret sauce like you just have to grind this out and pay the tax. Like I don't, I don't know anybody directly at Amazon feeding me information. Yeah. No, we just see it and then we go crack it and we grind it and then we learn it and then we teach it. Yeah. No, I, I know the curse when I'm spe- when I'm like on the phone at eight 30 at night and I'm talking about Amazon for the next 30 to 40 minutes. I'm like, this is kind of a tax, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what? It, it's um, business is fun when you, when you really get better and you can, you can see change and you can do it. I want to thank, you know, Steven so much for coming on the podcast. There was definitely more than enough unanswered questions that we'd love to get you back on again sometime and perhaps in a, in a slightly more organized and, and less just like all over the place like I usually am. So check out Steven's stuff. Uh, if you want a to get brand registered in the next week, he is your fastest option. I'm doing it. I've, I've connected uh, Ashley on my team and we're going to do it. So thank you so much. And looking forward to learning more. So, Stephen, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Scott. All right. And those that are still listening, uh, next week got a great show lined up. So make sure you subscribe and stay tuned. And I'll catch you then. 